Surviving is a choice. Make yours. I'm into survival. What's up, survivors? Welcome to D180. Come for the horror, stay for a ride. With AJ, John A, and Brittany. When I was young, one thing I really loved was there was always a video camera recording. But after watching this movie, I'm just like, damn. I wonder what moments of hours could have just went left. Would it have been Christmas 96? Christmas '96. <laughs> like no, nice. no. Think of, think of, think of. God, no. I'm sorry. If you ever <laughs> mention the home video era to me, me personally, Christmas '96 was that girl for me. Okay, honey, that I must have been very, very good because I got all the things I wanted. That videotape popping. Would it be Charm School, 2001? Not Charm School. <laughs> I had think like, oh would it be brigade 17 it would be brigade ride with us on our socials at d180 podcast on instagram twitter and tiktok you can also email us at destination 180 podcast at gmail.com all links can be found in the show notes below so for today's ride we're going to take it back to 2012 when we thought the world was really finna end it was a time, but we thought the world was going to end in 2010. Girl, I, but bro, I, it was like, I didn't want to believe it. But in the back of my head, I was like, we might not make it up tomorrow. Like it, it, it really might not be safe for real. I remember I was trying to do everything. That's when the Super Bowl was in Indianapolis, I think. So I was going everywhere. I was like, let me just make sure I just live it up. Okay. Cause <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And this years later, but I say that to say the movie we're taking a ride on is 2012's A Sinister, true crime writer Ellison Oswald. First of all, baby, he is in his flop era. He ain't had a bestseller in about 10 years and is becoming Damn. desperate for a hit. Okay, he doing anything for it. When he discovers the existence for a little piece of change, some strange. Now, let me tell you, ooh, we don't talk about it. <laughs> Literally. So when he. <laughs> <laughs> so when he discovers the existence of a snuff film showing the deaths of a family, he vows to solve the mystery. However, when old film footage and other clues hint at the presence of something supernatural, Ellis learns that he has royally fucked up. Damn. This movie is currently streaming on Tubi or Prime with a sub. But let me tell you something. By the time y'all hear this episode, it may not be on Tubi. This movie and its fucking triggers. Ooh. Murder. Lots of it. And creepy kids. <laughs> Lots, Lots of them. them. <laughs> you know, by the time I got to the end of the movie, I was thinking to myself, this could have been an entry in kids and horror. However, they don't even last that long in a movie for this to really be considered a kids and horror. I feel it. I see where you was going with that, though. I feel it. Speaking of, I felt it. I am 20, a fresh 20. I knew this movie was coming out because let me tell you something. We're going to talk about it later, but the trailer for this movie, the ones that they was using before they made that new one, the 45 second one, stop it. 
I went. I'm in Terre Haute, Indiana. If anybody knows where the hell that is, think of me in Terre Haute, Indiana, watching that fucking movie and having to go to my college dorm. Do you know how fucking scared I was? <laughs> this was not okay. That's fucking scary, okay? And that was my first impression with that movie. I just, it was the music. The music was fucking me up. So I really thought that I had saw this movie before. That was a lie. I had not seen this movie. This was the first. Not you me. going back to season one, John Nate? No, just playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. Yeah. No playing. We are re- we are regressing to season one <gasps> because baby ain't seen this. The <laughs> test determined that was a lie. I definitely thought you saw this. I did too. I I really did too. The name I don't know. Maybe I'm getting confused with all the movies that came out in that time. Have you seen Slender Man? No. Oh, okay, I was about to say maybe you saw that. <laughs> but I just just based off the name I was like oh Sinister because I've heard of it but maybe I just I don't know I, I had not seen it yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know when the fuck I saw this movie last first something but what the fuck can I tell you I loved this shit now I know I first what the fuck was that noise now I know I watched this shit right after it came out. I don't know how the fuck that came out. Maybe the bootlegger got it. I don't know. Because I still existed in this time period. And fucking home movies had me. But I was like, oh, these are some great home movies. Let's let's see what the fuck's happening. If you watch it in the right, you know how I am. I'm a mood, I'm a Libra. I'm a moody girl. If you watch this in the right mood, and I'm a, you know, she she know I'm about to ask her. If you watch this in the right mood, as I said for the third time, this movie works. If you're if you're not in the theater, you can watch it at home. Chane. Rue, how'd you watch this movie? Um, in my office during the daytime. <laughs> With the curtains closed? Girl, no, my, my windows were wide open. So you wasn't like Ellison? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> lights was on. He kept it dark in there. I was like, damn, is it damn? No, the night? lights were not on in here. I was just had natural sunlight coming in, but you mm. know. Well, no, ma'am, no pain. I always recommend that you set the mood in the atmosphere. You watch any movie. <laughs> if you got the time, I understand. <laughs> I understand some of y'all. Y'all just be trying to watch a little something, get a little something, get a little scared. But you gotta, you gotta set yourself right. And speaking of my recommendations, let's get into <laughs> Park Recommendations. Okay, I was in my bag today because I got seven big ones for y'all. Let me tell you something. Y'all want to see a daddy fucking lose his mind? Let's get into 1980s The Shining. I know y'all over it, but y'all know y'all love it. Okay, this is a deep cut, y'all. This is just one that you just randomly pick up. If you want to see someone who is slowly losing their mind again, but it's done in a kind of cliche way, but not really... It's a nice little twist. Watch Mara 2016, the entire VHS franchise, if you fill in the found footage and all those different styles. But then also, this made me think of Hell House LLC mm-hmm. and that whole franchise. It was definitely picking up vibes. Um, Urban Legends, Demons in Suits, Slender Man, is that you? Just watch that for giggles, y'all. Don't take it seriously. I ain't never say it was good, okay? Um, I don't know why, but Bagul and Pennywise, 
they seem like they can be in the same category. And then the last one, if you want to see a dumbass try to lie and gaslight somebody the way they do, check out my boy Mika in Paranormal Activity 2009. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my final park recommendations for season three. I hope you have enjoyed it. Well, fuck me gently with a chainsaw because this motherfucker don't took like two of mine. But it's all right. What were they? It was going to be Hell House LLC because I love that shit. And you know what? You never know what the fuck did it. That's what got me with until to the end. Because at first you're like, oh, it ain't shit wrong with it. It's just them tripping. And then you realize they ain't. Mm-mm. They ain't fucking tripping. Okay. Ain't nobody making shit up. You going to be all right. And the other one was The Shining because here's Johnny was a motherfucker. But don't worry, because a bitch like Britney is always fucking ready, Leo with me. So, we're going to beware the stare of Mary Shaw in this bitch and say 2007's Dead Silence. Where are you dead si- Hell, tell me. All right, so you ready Honestly. for it? Dead Silence gives you, like, that same creepy, eerie feel because you don't know what the fuck's happening when you're it. watching the movie. Okay. And so, you know after the I end when she's going to snatch your shit. And I know I've said this bitch before, but I'm going to say this bitch again because it does some wonderful things with the shadows. It's 2010s. Don't be afraid of the motherfucking dark in this bitch. Not to be confused with the show. All right. This one's a little good. I don't know. It's not a sleeper hit. Motherfucker see it. It was on HBO Max. I don't know what the fuck it is now. Because let me tell you, them tooth fairies was on that shit. Mm-hmm. They want a couple teeth out your ass. And it has a great fucking opening. Just know I warned you. It's wonderful. Survivors, if you have any park recommendations that fit today's ride, let us know on our Twitter or in our DMs. It goes down, motherfuckers. This movie was directed by Scott Derrickson, written by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill. Um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more during our summary, but... Y'all know how sometimes you just have a nightmare that fuck you up so bad, you gotta fuck everybody else up too. Cargill, this was his life. Off the ring though, I feel it. <laughs> Cause that messed me up too. <laughs> but I'll get into more details later. Let's get through this. Produced by Jason Blum, so y'all know this a Blumhouse joint, y'all. And Brian Kavanaugh-Jones. Music by Christopher Young. Cinematography by Chris Knorr. And edited by Frederick Thorval. Our cast is Ethan Hawke as Ellen Oswald. Y'all know, y'all know, if y'all was with us, oh, well, I guess if y'all was with me on the Rest in Peace Patreon, y'all heard the black phone, y'all saw how it went. <laughs> Juliet Rylance as Tracy Oswald, aka the nanny. We'll talk about it later. Fred Thompson as the sheriff. James Ranson as Deputy So and So. We love James Ranson. He was also in the Black Phone. Yes, mm-hmm. he was. We just love him. Um, Michael Hall Adario as Trevor Oswald. Claire Foley as Ashley Oswald. Nick King as Bagul or Mr. Boogie, whoever you want him to be in timeout. Cause, okay, now I'm gonna say this right now. Cause I'm surprised I have not heard anybody make this joke yet. But if I hear one of y'all say that he looks like any type of edition of the King, you will not return for season four. Okay? 
And I'm leaving that in the show so everyone can hear it. And you know what King I'm talking about. So my next statement is, why did they want to base his look off of Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka? What did he do to you? Was that supposed to be scary? Can you imagine Bagul looking like 2005 Willy Wonka? I mean, people with, with the them teeth look looking scary nowadays. Because <laughs> why are your teeth so big? I don't fucking know why they be so big. Them damn eyes and them goggles, though. I actually, though, actually, that would probably be kind of scary. If the teeth were really, if the teeth were really big, Young, okay, Courage the Cowardly Dog, right? Stay with me. Fred, Muriel's oh, nephew, oh, if fuck the teeth he was, was big like that, yeah, if the teeth was big like that, and you had the Bobiana with the hat and the goggles and the suit, but if it was given, because this movie ain't came out yet, if it was given kind of Babadook, a little bit, just like a pinch of Babadook, I like that. That would be scary. And moving like Mary Shaw when homeboy was in his dad's funeral home in the basement and he knocked the body over. Oh, that bitch was moving. Okay, yeah. Yeah, gliding. Like if if Bagul moved like that up and down the hallways, that would fuck me up. Actually, you know what? I see where y'all was going. I thought I was going to talk shit about that, but I'm not. I'm going to keep it moving. Anyway, we have Vincent. I'm not going to act like I know this man's last name. Um, he is uncredited, but he plays Professor Jason. <laughs> and don't forget about Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley, like, what was you doing in here? <laughs> That's why I was like, we not, we just not about to do that right now. You know what? Like, where'd you come from? That's why he was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this real quick. The people that know, know. The other ones that don't, they won't. Y'all ready to talk about these posters? Yeah. Okay, so this first one, this was the one that I was seeing in the movie theaters. And it would be like, coming soon, but you will only see this. So I'm like, okay. Y'all know me, I love a fucking creepy kid, so I'm with it. The second one, I don't see this too often, but it looked like a video game to me. It don't look too much like a horror movie poster, but I feel it. The third one, I actually kind of like it, but I'm glad they didn't use it because the kids really don't. They play a part in everything, but you know what I mean? I don't like that one. Mm-mm, me either. No? Yeah, it's like, like it I wouldn't- too much away. I wouldn't want it for like a main thing, but like, it's like one of those, like if you've seen the movie, then, you know, I wouldn't use it for a promo. The one that they use, the main one, that's perfect. So the third poster, the reason I don't like it, it makes it look like it's a Guillermo del Toro film. Y'all looking at me. But it's because of the dead kids. Because you know, in all of his movies, like The Orphanage, um, The Devil's Backbone, them type of vibes of films, um, they be dead kids. I wonder, cause I didn't get to, I had spent some time with this, but I didn't even get to look into this. I wonder, cause I don't recall what the marketing was like for this, because what I would have done, and they probably did this. So that's why I'm trying to dig down in my memory bank. 
I would have sprayed that symbol everywhere. And I would have had Bagul popping up everywhere. Because you know he exists in forms of media. So I just, man. Take it to the souvenir shop. Thanks for riding. Before you go, take a detour into the souvenir shop. The marketing strategy, what they use for, for Sinister. Um, they used a mysterious package company. They did this after Anthrax? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like... Come on now. I just want to I was scared. I was scared to open anything. I ain't want to open nothing. You use a mysterious package company to do marketing after Anthrax? They mail and videotapes. Hell, well, you know who would have been excited for that shit. But I mean, he was a serial killer, so I guess he'd be okay. Step in line. Your number is near. Follow the signs. Your time is here. So, um, as I always do for the last episode in the season, um, I just always got to stress my co-host out. But I told them... We were doing so well this season. I told... They... First of all, survivors, y'all love it. They don't, but y'all do, okay? So, in this movie, we got a lot of home movies. And they have some very interesting titles, right? So I thought it would be fun, as I sat on my balcony, to make some home movies of my own, of past movies that we have covered throughout all three seasons. So I have 12 home movies. And you expect me to remember? Yes! <laughs> Dame, I got faith in you, because you have been doing things you know, you Listen, may do better than you think. I might. I got all of season one right here. Right here. <laughs> All this, I don't know about season two yet, but season one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Are you guys ready? So wait, what are the rules? Okay, so all I'm going to do is I'm going to say the title of the home movie. The title is going to give you the hint to the movie that it is. Oh, okay, okay. So, for example, if I say, if I say Andy's birthday, 88. Oh, child's play. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay. I'm going to fail miserably, y'all. Let's see how bad it's going to be. You ready? Yeah, my memory ain't like that. I had a bad week. <laughs> okay. Fire at the carousel, 09. You said what at the carousel? Fire at the carousel, 09. Like fire is in flame or fire is in shooting? I'm not repeating myself. I'm giving you two. This is crazy. Oh, nine. This is very sad. I mean, it. Oh, nine. <laughs> somebody is screaming it and somebody is upset. I know it's a few upset people. I just know it. The su survivors, I'm just as upset as you. It's crazy. I will repeat one more time. And I feel like <laughs> fire at the carousel 09. Jennifer's body. Yes. 
Oh my God. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I knew as soon as I said that, I was like, no, she gonna say it immediately. She gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, the bar is called the carousel. It called oh, fire. I asked you which fire. I can't, I can't tell you. <laughs> okay. I lost this, y'all. Just go ahead and pack me up. <laughs> Not pack me up. Number two, Santa Carla Boardwalk 87. Lost Boys. Yes. Good job. See? Hold up. Hold up. Pause. I knew that shit, but didn't know Jenner's for somebody. That's crazy. And it wasn't even like I was thinking. I was just like, oh, that's what that is. All right. Here we go. Class Picnic. 56. The bad seat. Yes. <laughs> Why did she push that boy in the water? We was all having a good time. <laughs> oh my you goodness. Said I said, oh, we have only done one movie in the 50s. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> that episode is so long. I sat there and re-listened to that episode. It's long. <laughs> it is long. So, all right. Theta Pi 09. Sorority Row. Very good. <clears throat> Nola Gang 05. Hatchet. No. Good. That's a good guess, though. That is a very good guess, but no. Not it. You said who? Nola Gang? Game. Oh, Game. Uh-huh. 05. Wolf Creek? Oh no. Mm -mm. Uh, That's uh, Australia. It's, it's right there. It's right Tamara. Who? Tamara? No, I watched that the other day. Y'all, I'm gonna always watch that movie. How's it work? Yes. Yeah. I told you it was right Nola there. I was like, game. It's right there. I'm like, no look game? Because remember, the big game was in Louisiana. They had to oh. go there and they never made it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I had to really play with this name, so I hope it works. Aaron, 14. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, wrong Aaron, wrong spelling. A.A. Ron, 14. Wow. No. Honeymoon. No, just creep. Think. Yes. Oh. His name was Aaron. He wrote Aaron 14 on the tape. Remember that man name? It was very mad. Because <laughs> at first I was going to write Peach Fuzz. And I was I like, no, that's it. too easy. I said, no, that's too easy. I definitely no. got that. I said, that's way too easy. Okay, this next one. I know somebody out there, they're going to feel me, okay? Waterfront Social 83. Y'all know I go up and I lose my shit over this, okay? Oh, sleepaway camp. Yes, I shouldn't have said that. I should have just let you think about it, but yeah. <laughs> Meet me down at the waterfront social. Hi, <laughs> bitch. Let me not spoil it, but don't meet her. <laughs> okay. As soon as I say this, I should have answers, but I don't. You're not coming back for season four. Harry. 
Um, actually, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> on Elm Street. No, actually, I'm into, no. I'm into survival. Um, Stu's party, '96. Scream, scream. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all not about to do me like this. Pile up. Oh three. Final destination. Destination. Huh? Two. Oh, okay. I was like, mm-hmm, no, that's not right. <laughs> All right. Matrimony nineteen. Bride of Chucky. No. No. Wait. You said no, nineteen. It's um ready or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? I, I thought everybody. Why the fuck I hit myself to get it? I was like, no, because I was thinking like 1990 and not oh, like 2019. My, no, because it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Okay, y'all. <laughs> this for my. Uh, this for my hitters. Strictly for the hitters. The farmer's daughters. 22. X. <laughs> I got that shit me. Right now, what? I was like 22. Jesus, is that how we finna start dating this stuff? All right, last one. Bitches. Jawbreaker. Senior, senior Starry Night, 76. Starry Night? What? Carrie. Yes, I was about to say, see, that's what you get. That was the theme of the prom. <laughs> These survivors, don't y'all love when I do this? See, and I told them it wasn't even that bad. You see how much everyone's giggling? It's fine. Because I win like usual. <laughs> Not her. Keep the score. Hell, I didn't keep score. I knew I lost. It's okay. You can have that one. Well, we all knew you. We were I need the, um, I gotta find that Michael Jackson sound clip from the ghost video movie where he'd be like, game time? I'll tell you what. We'll play a game. Anybody here like games? Hello? Game time. So when I torture y'all, y'all hear that? That's when y'all know it's going oh, down. Oh, God. Well, this rap finna go down in a second. So let's get into 2012's Sinister. What you are witnessing are the murders of five families captured on film. To this day, none of the cases have been solved. The only thing that connects them is the appearance of this figure. The ancient church believed he actually lived in the images themselves. What is happening? Trevor? Sinister. Can I make home movies? So I've seen two trailers. I've seen the 45 second one and I've seen the minute and some change one. I actually like both because they both don't really show shit. It, yes. Thank you. This is what I want to see. Season four, y'all gonna be sick of me. Season three, <laughs> y'all didn't get a lot of sound effects because I just did not have the time for that shit. But season four, <laughs> just know I've been saving stuff. I've been in my bag. But anyway, um, this, no, for real, this is exact, don't tell me nothing. Now, there is a newer trailer that is two minutes long, and that one obviously, it, that that ain't it. Watch that 45 second one. That's what I need all trailers to be. That's what makes me want to get my ass in the theater. 
And our movie starts with a scene from a super eight millimeter film showing a family of four, the Stevenson family, we later find out, slowly ascend, being hanged with no explanation, no warning, and title card pops up. Okay, so remember earlier I was talking about that little nightmare of Cargill's? Mm -hmm. Girl, so why did this man find a box of Super 8s, right, in his attic? And I guess in his dream he watched it and he said it was some effed up stuff like this. And he was like, I saw it, so now y'all got to see it. I appreciate you for that, my G. Cool. Because when I tell you, I'm the type of friend, if you said you had a nightmare... I need to know. I want to know. If you say you had a dream, I want to know. <laughs> oh, you know, I surely be texting you. I'll be like, um. I'll be like, I want to know. Like, what happened? Because <laughs> what? why are your subconscious thinking about that? And you I'm know, that is the only time that I, I have only dreamt about Ashley once. <laughs> once. <laughs> and I surely did tell her the next day. I mean, I just be wanting to know, like, what you was... At Celebration Station, and then when you turned around, you was walking out of Charlotte Roos. Like, what the hell? What's going on over there? Okay. Cool. I be having some weird-ass dreams. Okay. You was banging Freddie in the boiler room? Wow. (laughs) Okay, so... That that has uh, not been a dream of mine. Let me just point that out. I just said that. No, this is for the survivors. I know y'all know, but... It's because for the longest time, I didn't realize that in Find My Friends, you can (laughs) change the name of your location to say anything except for your address. What, you can? Yes. So Ashley's location was Freddie's Boiler Room. Why did I think that this was a place? And I'm like, what the fuck? Where the hell is Freddie's Boiler Room? Oh, time out. Because BJ was looking up my location. And he was like, what the fuck is Freddie's Boiler Room? And And then I realized. I got scared. He was like, I didn't know where the fuck you was. See? And so I just, I just kept seeing her at Freddie's Boiler Room. Freddie's Boiler Room. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I realized, oh, shit, that's her home. She changed it to be Freddie's Boiler Room. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, my yes. brother, he named at home, um, like, our parents' house, the Batcave. And then <laughs> he named his dorm this year at school MTV Cribs. See, I feel it. I love it. I love it. My niece, hey, Nawa. Hers is Bad Bitch Boulevard. We feel it. We support it. Okay. Change our location name. It's fine. Yes, child. I, when I said I was so confused, I really thought that she was just somewhere. Maybe I thought it was like a dance place because, you know, sometimes like those dance salsa rooms. A dance stuff. place? Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes salsa rooms be having some underground salsa places be having like some, yeah, names. some names. So I thought maybe she was like at a dance thing, like Freddie's Boiler Room. Maybe that was like a salsa place or something. I don't know. Hot yoga. <laughs> How about the actresses and actors that were being hanged? Almost got hanged for real. I saw that. Yeah. And you know what they did? Fired his ass. And as that's what you should should've. always do. Because that's Immediately. Not... <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, my God. Because we hear about, like, so much crazy stuff. One that I'll never forget. There was, a, there was a couple of crazy things that happened while they were filming this goddamn movie. Oh, yeah. This movie, too. But not with this one. I don't know if y'all ever heard. And I don't know what movie it was. 
But uh, was it John Landis? Was it, I don't know who directed this. It was one of them. But it was a helicopter scene and it was a man and two kids. And you know them child labor laws was effed up then. But something happened with the helicopter blades, the two kids and the man, nobody made it out. And it was caught on tape. Damn. Now, like I said, I heard this story a few times, but I still don't know details verbatim. But if you look it up, I ain't you've been warned. Up, yeah, you've been warned. This was a minute ago, but it's bad awesome. enough when you see birds fly in the thing accidentally. I don't want to see humans. Oh, hey, no, that's just too much. It's too much. Speaking of too much, that tree, that mf is not real. It looks very good. Because we do. talked about the tree and the conjuring. That one looks really good, too. But if you tell me it's fake, I'm like, okay. Okay, because it is, like, just massive. Mm-hmm. But this one blends in with all the other ones. And it, it it really did look good. But I got something to say about this tree a little bit later. Moving into their new home, we meet our main family, led by true crime author Ellison Oswald. Ellison, at the time, he's attempting to get his daughter, Ashley, who has a hobby of painting on walls to help with the move. But you know what? She ain't trying to hear none of that because she is very upset about the move in the first place. Ellison makes a deal with Ashley to move back under special circumstances to which she agrees. And, you know, everything's all right with the world until they're visited by the sheriff who is not happy that the family is moving in as he just feels like they'll bring unwanted attention to the case and the fact that Ellison's book low-key be painting the police in a bad light and talking about they can't do their job right. Basically, they're incompetent. You know, he does like that one book, August Blood, though. Um, The sheriff ain't have to read him like he did. He was like, mm-hmm. I just... He did. He definitely like, did. I just feel like, you know, this will be a waste of time like your last books. <laughs> Excuse me? The sheriff was roasting his ass the whole time. Mm-hmm. Told him, he like, hey, look, listen, you don't want to look into this shit. It ain't nothing worth looking into. And when you, if you find out the truth, you ain't going to like it. It ain't going to be worth the time. He like, yes, the fuck it is. Not like mm-hmm. your last two books. Ooh. I was like, burn. And I don't normally agree to this shit, but you better not. Like your wife said, you better go five under because your ass going to get it pulled the fuck over. Mm-hmm. The next one that got me is as he's pulling off and he was like, just so you know, this is in bad taste. I was like, so what we doing, Ellison? What's going on? Because it's here where we learn they only moved to the new house because, like I said, Ellison is writing a new book involving a murder that happened in the area. But it gets deeper than that because it's hinted that Ellison has moved into the home where the murders actually happened. The murders in question are the ones that we saw at the start of the movie. And then it's confirmed when Ellison goes into the backyard and looks at the tree that we saw in the opening scene. But more importantly, he ain't tell his wife, Tracy. He had the opportunity on his way back from talking to the police when Tracy asked him, what was that? And of course, Ellison lies. And this is one of many times we are going to see him lie. But, you know, she thinks about it and she asked him, did we move down the street from a murder crime scene again? And he could have told her then what we all know. And did he? No. 
Divorce. I said, child, your house is the crime scene, and he a dickhead for lying to you and moving y'all asses there. So, y'all, this is where Brittany can come in for this shit and be like, technically, he didn't lie. Now, an omission of the truth I mean, is still a lie. We but... all know that he uh, argued that he ain't lie. He said the exact same thing that you said later Cause, on. Because, I mean, technically, that motherfucker did not lie because this is where you need to be careful about the questions you ask people. You need to be like, hey, look, where the fuck did we move? Did anything happen here or in the area or period? You got to put all them fucking little words behind commas. Because if not, motherfuckers like this will get your ass and then later on like his ass did. I didn't lie to you. You asked me, my dear wife, whether or not we moved a block away, not whether we was in this crime scene. See the difference? That's why he said it was in bad taste. You should have put context clues together. Don't believe these motherfuckers. Shame. Don't worry, I'm back again. I just feel like the tree still being there as well. Yeah, it's been nine months, but still, I just kind of feel like nobody want to touch that house. I mean, <clears throat> the tree was there for hundreds of years before somebody. You how dark you want me to take this? My next comment. Not too much. Okay, well then I just leave it alone. Ellison then takes some boxes up to the attic where he finds a scorpion and kills it. Now smash it with a hammer. I'm sorry. Next to it, he finds a box with some Super 8 reels going back decades. Titled Family Hangout 11, Barbecue 77, Pool Party 66, Lawn Work 86, and Sleepy Time 98. Later that night, we learn just how important this book is to get right for Ellison, and the pressure is getting worse for the family. And then for Pillow Talk, he and Tracy wonder if Ellison's 15 minutes of fame are over since his last book, Kentucky Blood, came out 10 years ago. And each book after has been a flop. You know, she tells him, we can't keep doing this. I can't keep moving. We got kids. They growing up. If this new book don't work out, I'm taking my kids. I'm going with my sister. Ellison agrees that that would be fair and leaves to work on his book. Tracy, leave his ass. I have a question. Could she, though? Yeah. Yeah. What was stopping her? I don't think he... Did he watch them at this point yet? Mm-mm. Yeah, no. She could have left. Okay. Yeah. She definitely could have left. I was just wondering. Um, Second question. Which one of them would you have watched first? Because for me, it would have been Long Work 86 because I like uh-uh. the 80s. None of them. I would have left none of them. Yeah, because they, because like one, like one, it's not like if this was a medium that we use now, then I could see maybe I would have like clicked one of them just to see like what this is. But if I find it like this, I'm not about to put that projector together. I'm not gonna do all that. Mm -mm. If it's something like that, mm -mm. I'm I'm taking it right. I'm gonna take it to uh, the, I don't know the police, I don't know where to take it to the Goodwill. Yeah. Let somebody else find it. Damn, y'all ain't take no that way. shit to your house. Y'all supposed to just say one, not be like, fuck that shit. I mean, if I had to, probably pool party. Pool party probably would have got me. Nope, never. But if I just found a box, I'm not like this. Like I said, if it was in another medium, 
maybe I don't know. I don't know because I'm not opening no emails either because I seen how that movie went. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. So, That's how fishing schemes happen. Hell no, I'm not opening shit. Yeah, email. I don't live through LimeWire. Like I'm not doing that either. But I could see if it came out in something that wasn't real form, maybe it would happen. But mm, no, I don't know about that. We learned the Stevenson family, who were hanged at the start of the movie, had a daughter, Stephanie, who is now missing, and Ellison about to get all up in their business to find out what happened. Looking through the pictures of the crime scene, he finds one of the attic the day the murder took place. He notices the box of film that he found earlier ain't in the picture, meaning it had to have been placed there after the murders, but before they moved in while the home was empty. He gets a little cozy with his notepad, his little cardigan, glasses, and his first film is Family Hangout 11. Family Hanging Out 11. It starts with a happy family outing and then immediately jump cuts to the scene that we saw at the start of the film, at the start of the film. The main question being, who filmed the murders and where was Stephanie when the murders happened? When he, um, when it does a little jump cut to what we saw in the beginning, and then it jump cuts again to him pouring the whiskey, it made me think of when Terry Cheney got hit in Final Destination 1, and then it cuts to the Alka-Seltzer. I didn't feel that deeply about it, but I guess because it made me think of it, maybe they was trying to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it works the same because we had already seen it in the beginning. So maybe that's why they wrote that one out first, because we already saw it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. After going out to stare at the murder tree, that's what we calling it from now on, Ellis finds Ashley in the laundry room, lost trying to find a bathroom. He tucks her in and admires her paintings. She's allowed to paint on the walls, y'all. It's real cute. And she replies, maybe I'll paint something really good. Then I'll be famous like you. Unicorns and rain clouds? And I know that's supposed to be for something, but I'm telling y'all right now, I don't get the reference. So survivors, if you get it, tell us, because I know that's supposed to be something, but I don't know what that is. Ellison plays another film entitled BBQ 79 that starts with a different family camping and then again transitions to them bound and gagged in a car while the car is lit on fire by an unseen killer. So whatever that that music was, yes, I hated it. I loved it because that's what fucks you up. This whole movie, it gives you chills. Like to sit there and watch the fucking film for the first time. Yeah, like, it's like it's one of these films that you wish that you would go back and watch for the first time again because there's nothing like that sense of dread that mm-hmm. I fucking felt when I was watching it. Because the first one, I was. Shit. When it came time for that card to get little, I was like, oh. And then the fucking music, and it's just like this creepy, you don't know what the fuck's being said, something's being said, and something's playing. You're like, oh. It reminds me, it's crazy because I I feel like I'm reaching, but I feel like I'm not. And some people not gonna like this, but it does remind me of get out. Not all the way. But when you listen into all of the sounds and different things, you can hear like the moans, you can hear like the scream, you can hear the voices in these little bits of music. And that's what I'm talking about. I know what Get Out is more of a hymn and it's more spiritual. So I'm not comparing them in those ways, but I'm saying you the use of the voices 
to invoke those type of feelings is what reminds me of Get Out. But I agree with Brittany. You really do have to let yourself get immersed in the sound. Like if you can watch this movie with a good sound system or some good headphones, you're not going to be okay. The other thing, <laughs> we skipped past this. But when the sub was like, can I see this a crime scene? I literally was like, sure, kid, just go in the backyard. Just go in the goddamn backyard. Okay. If you're finna find out in a second anyway. Mm -hmm. Realizing he's watching footage of the crimes taking place that the police haven't seen, Ellison starts to call the police but hangs up, realizing that, you know, he got the scoop. And the scoop is going to give him the juice for them books. So Ellison starts another film, but hears creaking coming from somewhere in the house. Thinking it's Ashley again, he looks in her room, but she's knocked out, but he still hears footsteps. Clearly on edge after watching the movies, he continues down the hall and spots a box. But then when the box flaps slowly open up and Trevor pops out like he's fucking possessed, but really his night tears. And, you know, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Ellis finds his chill, takes him outside to look at the stars. Tracy comes out. She's worried. Now, here's the thing. Ellison, you ain't shit. Y'all people, when he was like, I want to tell you something. Mm -hmm. She was like, what? I'm just, I'm really, just really sorry. Telling. This is what we can assume is the first night. Really? You could have just told her then and there. Like, bro, I just... Mm -hmm. You know dang well. The following morning, the family recaps Trevor on his night terror. And Ashley mentions that she might have had a nightmare too, but nobody, nobody even asked her about it. Like they just breeze past it like she ain't saying nothing. That poor baby. Once Tracy takes the kids to school, Ellison plays the next reel, Pool Party 66, which opens with the family at the pool and then shifts to them tied onto lounge chairs and dropped into the water. Into the water of the pool, Ellison spots a figure appearing to be wearing a mask. This is the worst one to me. I can't, drowning? And yeah. you know what's coming. Yeah, I don't ever want to drown. Like I think out of all the tapes, that's the one that I'm not fucking with. If I had to pick one to be in, it's not that one. I'm not picking any to be in. Fuck that. No, you got to pick one. It's fine. Mm -mm. You have to pick one. You didn't pick one earlier. You got to pick right. one now. Not picking. The survivors <laughs> are booing you. Darnell's sending the bees. <laughs> But then apparently, this scene alone was just very hard to film because for one, as soon as they tied them down to the lawn chair, people had to go to the bathroom. So they had to untie them, let them go. I just would have been like, P, you about to get in the pool anyway. It's going it, to, chlorine, it, it's fine. It's a science. I wouldn't have did that. That's terrible. <laughs> they would have quit. Uh, but anyway. The thing is, because of the stuff that happened earlier, they had to really make sure that this stunt wasn't about to be like no oops, no accident. Because you dealing, like I said, we dealing with drowning mm -hmm. and stuff, no? So, especially for Nick, 
Bagul because he had to pull a whole Michael Jackson and stand up under the water. And what I mean by that is he had to have weighted shoes. So he was literally just standing up under there. Do y'all be seeing them girls on TikTok that be doing ballet under the water, but they be upside down? I be loving it. Yeah, wearing heels and shit. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Attempting to get a better look. Ellison gets closer, but the film ignites on fire. And, you know, Ellison, he like, no, I got to figure this out. So he starts working on recording the film to be able to digitally view and edit without the risk of permanently damaging the originals. He's interrupted when Tracy returns home with Trevor, who was sent home from school for drawing a tree with four hanging bodies on a whiteboard in permanent marker. Tracy is also a little pissed that Trevor even learned about this whole little thing from the kids at school. Time out, because I got points. Tracy, Tracy, number one. I don't mind the whole your son, your daughter, blah, 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 because I get that. As a Black daughter myself, there's been numerous times where I've either been my mom's daughter or my daddy's daughter. So, you know, I feel that. That's not the problem I have. My problem is, Tracy, you have groceries in your hand. How don't you know? Because later on, first of all, Trevor needed to get slapped in the mouth. Because when he goes, I know more than you do. Ooh. Honey, you would have woke up at dinner time. Yep. And maybe after. Yep. I had to beat your ass. <laughs> but because um, here's the thing. Like I said, she has groceries in her hands, right? And then later on, she says, like, she doesn't like when she went out, everybody was giving her dirty stares and all of that and blah, 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 blah. So you mean not one of them people came up to you and said anything. But also, you mean to tell me when y'all moved, because you moved out of a mansion and you packed up all that stuff, you had to know where you was going. You ain't looking into that. As a girl, you didn't look into that? First, I have a aren't isn't the well she's not there in the home buying process because i thought they have they have to like tell you if somebody dies in the house like if there's a crime or some shit or am i making this up i mean i don't know that personally like i'm gonna be honest me personally i could see how it could get past me because uh at the point my fiance was dealing with all the stuff with us moving. So I really wasn't in the loop. I was just getting filled in. So I could imagine if it was a situation like that, then that's how she wouldn't know if he was handling everything. But as soon as I found out where we was going, you know what I was doing. I was looking up all the <laughs> research. I was looking up Google reviews. I'm looking up YouTube walkthroughs. I'm looking up Anything that got the name of the apartment, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the Google map. I'm looking at anywhere I'm laying my head. I need to know. When we going on a trip, I need to know. Like, okay, no, I just don't. As a female, I just don't believe that you didn't do that. That's crazy to me. But then also, what's also crazy, again, Ellison ain't shit. Because did you hear him specifically ask, what did he hear? Is that all? Not you trying to peep with niggas, no. Mm. I can't take it. I can't. That night, Ellison, instead of tucking in his kids, watches another film, Sleepy Time 98, involving an unseen killer, again, slitting the throats of a bound and gagged family, including one kid. 
Noticing a strange symbol drawn on one of the walls, he screenshots and prints it out for research later. I do like how they handled this scene with um, us not seeing it, but we see it through the reflection in his glasses. I think that's a cute perspective. Going through the film again, he sees a banner hinting St. Louis being the possible location of the murders. Searching the year on the film reel with the details of the crime, he discovers the family actually had two kids and one, Christopher, missing after the murders. While reading about the case, Ellison hears cracks coming from above, and of course, the power goes out in the home. Hearing more sounds and a loud thump and more footsteps are enough to send him grabbing a knife from the kitchen and bring them and bring them with him up to the attic. Why are you bringing a knife to the attic? Realistically, what are you going to do with that small kitchen knife? Get fucked up. <laughs> like that's all that's, that can happen, honestly. Because my thing is, you hear, you know, you hear footsteps, which I have a theory about that, and I want to share that later. But my thing is. I will close the attic because if they're in the attic, how are they going to get down? I'm closing the attic, calling the police so they can get stuck up there when the police come. You know what I'm saying? Up there, he finds a snake hiding under the cover of the shoe box he found the films in. He then sees the inside of the cover and it has drawings of all the murders along with the figure labeled as Mr. Boogie appearing in them all. I like the cover art. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm into it. Mr. Boogie. Because it's like, just imagine, you find a box full of reels with just titles, but then you open the case and you see drawings of each one. I like that. That could have been part of the marketing. They could have just been dropping posters with stick figure drawings. Like, I love it. Investigating more sounds, he falls through the attic and gets knocked out. Medics come through to wrap his leg up as the deputy arrives to investigate the sounds. He ends up concluding that the sounds were probably squirrels though. I was wondering at first, until the medics came, I was wondering like, did Tracy not hear him up there before he fell? Cause he was making a lot of noise. Yeah, he makes a lot of noise a lot, of, a lot in his movie. They just don't be giving a fuck honestly, mm -hmm. they be sleep. They ain't worried about this shit. The deputy goes on to reveal he's a very huge fan and asks for an autograph, leading the two to enter Ellison's office, where the deputy fanboys and offers his assistance for a little shout out in the next boy, you know, like being called deputy so-and-so. Seeing an opportunity to get more information on the murders for himself, Ellison asked deputy so-and-so to research some more details on the St. Louis murders and the fire burning. He lies to him, telling him he doesn't believe that the cases are connected. And, you know, he's simply just trying to do more research. That night, Ellison is watching interviews of himself from the past when he released Kentucky Blood. The man on the tapes, you know, is a little more interested in justice than what we see now, a total 180. And this is who he is today. He don't even give a fuck about his wife, y'all. Or his kids. Just doing whatever. This is the type of man y'all marry. Damn. This hyped him up to solve the crimes and figure out who Mr. Boogie is. 
Reviewing the tapes from Family Hangout 11, he finds Mr. Boogie hiding in the grass just behind the hanging family. Next, reviewing the tapes from the car fire in Barbecue 79, he finds a reflection of Mr. Boogie cementing the connection between all the murders. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, Ashley learns how to make Daddy's coffee just the way he likes it. Bringing it to him, he gets a call from Deputy So-and-so with some more information on the murders. He found out the family burning in the car was the Martinez family from Sacramento, California, with the murders occurring in 1979. Alarmingly, they also had a child go missing. So-and-so gives him the address of where the St. Louis murders in Sleepy Time 98 happened, and the math is mathing that the Stevenson family from Family Hangout 11 lived in the St. Louis home just before they moved and were murdered. Y'all. What? And you didn't have to slam that door in that baby's face like that. Hmm? Yes, he did. It was very imperative that he just he like, slammed the, the door in his daughter's face. After she I think coffee. I wanted to say something like that because the way they held on it for so long, I was just like, dang, like they wanted you to think it. about that. Yeah, I'm like, she think about that because he definitely did just slam mm-hmm. the door in her face. Oh baby. And now Mr. Boogie moving his face. I hate when shit like that. I happens. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. We could have just kept it because it's it's like it's given he want to know the tea or he like yeah you figuring it out you piecing you it know? together. I just hate when that happens. Period. Like sometimes when things be moving in the corner of your eye, I hate that shit. Oh, you mean like you hate it or hate it for the movie? I hate it. Period. Okay. Me, I meant we didn't need it. I felt yeah. like it wasn't. Needed. Yeah, we didn't need every, that either. But yeah, we every didn't need time. That. I see this shit. I can't get the uh, a haunted house out of my head when that motherfucker was moving. Oh, uh, Hell House LLC. Mm-mm. Um, the Wayne's brother haunted mm-hmm. house film. Scary. It's the the other. Oh no, I know what you're movie. talking about. I know. You, I don't remember what you're talking about, but I know what movie you are talking about. I keep hearing footsteps, baby. That's and no because. Uh, sorry, I gotta. I'm telling you, is that the title? Footsteps <laughs> in the dark, dude. Ozzy Brothers, do 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 do. I keep hearing footsteps, baby. <laughs> no, because one thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna hit the. Uh, when I tell you, don't play nothing old around me, because baby, one thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna sing it. Okay. Ellison then has the bright idea to review the footage from the attic of his fall and sees some little ghosty hands pulling him down. He freaks out and closes that laptop for the night. Mm-hmm. We didn't need this either. That's all the footsteps in the dark. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> touch my body. <laughs> don't touch nothing on me. Keep your ghost hands to yourself. A bitch don't want a motherfucking shoes in my house. They were just trying to help you. Help me what? Break my ankle? Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. Break your neck. Come on. We just gonna keep doing song references if we keep. <laughs> <laughs> that night while sleeping, Ellison is awoken by the sound of the Super 8 film projector turning on and goes to investigate. Entering his unlocked office, he sees the movie playing, but it ain't no sound of nobody being up in there. Now, I didn't say this earlier. Tracy made it very clear that room better be locked and this better be put away mm-hmm. at all times. Now, here's my thing. 
why don't you get an office somewhere else? Or because you guys came from a mansion, even though y'all said y'all couldn't afford it and maybe that's why you don't have an office elsewhere, why don't you work from there and move them somewhere else? But if I you can't like, afford it, how did you magically move back? Okay, it was still under my <laughs> It was in the family. They just moved out. <laughs> he realizes the screenshots of the bush where Mr. Boogie was hiding and the family hanging out 11 is visible from his office window. Again, getting a better look, he compares the photo to the spot and moving the photo, he sees Mr. Boogie pop out appearing in the bushes watching Ellison, but he vanishes. This was a good jump scare. I'm not going to hold you. And the thing is, they did put this in the trailer, but the way they put it in the trailer isn't the way it is in the movie. And again, I can appreciate that. So you know what Ellison does? He grabs a bat and heads outside to investigate, finding Trevor. Hold on, wait. No, because I had a joke for this. So you know what Ellison does? He grabs a bat and heads outside to investigate, finding a wild Trevor appear in the bushes. Uh, I just, this is what I imagine when you're playing Pokemon Yellow and all the other Pokemons where Yellow is superior. This is how I imagine the Pokemon popping out. Just a wild Trevor in the bushes. Looking crazy. Looking crazy. That, I'm not going to hold you because the first time I saw that, that did kind of throw me off because I was just like, the fuck? Because, I mean, because the thing is, you just saw Bagul, right? And when you think of how Bagul looks, and then you see Trevor, Trevor also was very pale with long hair, looking crazy in the bushes. Looking fucking crazy. Okay, wild eyes and all of that. I didn't know what I was looking at. Ellison carries Trevor inside and suggests they get locks for his doors because, you know, them night terrors is getting worse. He then returns outside to get the flashlight and the bat, but... It's a dog out there. And this dog got to be related to Cujo or something because this nigga is big and he starts snarling at some kids. Ellison can't see the kids. So Ellison don't know who the dog is snarling at. But, you know, the dog let him live to see another day. Because some kids fucking disappeared. Okay. He was like, and then see, here's the thing, because we find out that, um, I'll say this later. Never mind. It's fine. Because homeboy going to say it. I ain't going to steal his shit. So Ellison walks back to Tracy and, you know, she's like, I, we can't do this. We got to go. Trevor's getting worse. We trying to figure this out. So, you know, this leads to an argument and she calls him out. She's like, you're obsessed over this book. Like, I get it. You're supposed to be working, but this is something different. You ain't never been like this. And it's very clear that the only thing on Ellison's mind is the book, Regaining My Fame, My 15 Minutes. And not the family. Reclaiming my time. Okay. That's all. <laughs> the next day, Deputy So-and-So comes to the house and gives Ellison a toxicology report from the previous murders and shares that he can tell the crimes are connected. He tells Ellison he'll keep the secret, but you know, um, you got to keep me in the loop. Don't be trying to ice me out. He also wants to catch the killer, so this will do. Ellison agrees to show him everything, but, you know, I am very happy that Deputy So-and-So is not a dummy. Maybe a little butthole, because that squirrel's comment, we ain't need it. But I'm glad that they didn't make <laughs> him just like, I would, uh, that would piss me off. I know what the squirrels sound like. Snakes don't have feet. Bitch, that, 
I'm just telling you what I saw. Okay, don't don't do that. The two come to believe that Mr. Boogie is a serial ritualistic murderer who drugs his victims, then ties them up before killing them and kidnaps one of the children, along with the symbol being in every single film. After seeing the symbol, Deputy So-and-So refers Ellison to Professor Jonas at the local university who specializes in the occult. Meanwhile, Deputy So-and-So is going to go ahead and just look into them other murders from Pool Party 66. He did not look happy to be looking into that drowning. (laughs) (laughs) I love his facials. He has really good facials. Like, and this is what I'm talking about. You see all this energy that he's putting into this right now. First of all, it's like he's using deputy so-and-so, but deputy mm-hmm. so-and-so, he's trying to be in the mix as well. So he kind of letting him do it because he knows he has to do this to get there. But imagine if he put this much energy into his kids. That'd be too much like right. Yeah. Too much like right. It's a lot of fucking energy. That night, Ellison watches the final film reel, Lawn Work 86. Again, starting off real cool with a family chilling, being recorded by an unseen figure outside the home. And then it cuts to someone using a lawnmower at night. Now, why are you mowing the lawn at night? I guess because out of nowhere, the lawnmower runs over and kills a tied up family member as loud screams are heard. But we don't get to see it. Now, I didn't mention this because I wanted to wait until this one. I loved that they made Ethan Hawke watch these for the first time and filmed his reactions. Before reaction filming were popular, he was doing it first. <laughs> Yo, it was so funny with this his reaction to this lawnmower kill. I cracked up laughing. Like, I know I shouldn't have been laughing, but that shit was funny as hell. It's the way he jumped up. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> Bro, that's when I know you stressed. I know you stressed when you smoke. He said, said, I'm clicking it. Them puffs got to be good as hell because you know some shit's happening. You just had to reach out and touch somebody because that. Reach out and touch somebody's head jesus i just want to know where did the video cut off like realistically where did that video end for real before we got (laughs) any further because was it more did you watch it (laughs) (laughs) so smoking his stress cigarette ellison gets a video call from professor jonas telling him he immediately recognized the symbol as one from an ancient, obscure pagan deity from a Babylonian times named Bagul, eater of children. According to the story, he feeds on the souls of children by first luring them or tricking them into his world by using different tactics each time. Anyone worshiping Bagul, eater of children, would most likely include a blood sacrifice or, you know, just, just eat the kid. That's how we roll. That night, Ellison is once again woken up by the film reel playing on its own. Turning it off, he searches through the house with a bat, again, not seeing all the little ghost kids following him. I keep telling y'all 3 a.m. not safe. Y'all saw it was like 3.20-something. It's not safe. Y'all wake up at 3 a.m., you go back to sleep. You do not go to the bathroom. You do not do nothing. Okay, go right back to sleep. Also, the little ghosty kid with the yellow raincoat, very Georgie coated. I know what you're doing. 
before the bad seat. Alice, I guess that Alice. was yellow once we seen it with the color. Alice Sweet Alice. I'm going to say it's Georgie coded because I feel like this is Stephen <laughs> King coded. I feel like this movie is Steve, the dead creepy kids doing shit. Stephen King, I can see this. I can see this for you. No, because he would have made Ashley a telekinetic girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he give all the kids um some type of little special power. Returning back to his office, the film reel is back on and he runs in to check because he like the kids got to be messing with him, but it's not them. So, you know, he goes into the room. It looks like they're both asleep. But um, Ashley, Ashley is being tortured by Stephanie's ghostly ass in the corner, just chilling over there with this huge painting of Bagul and the other murder stuff. That poor baby. She was shivering in them covers. Nobody gives a care about Ashley. Nobody has been checking on her since she told y'all she had that nightmare. And it just don't sit right with me. Being a fellow Ashley, okay? New campaign. Listen to Ashley. Oh, yeah. Nope. Um, you know what? They didn't listen to her. And you know, just like that ghost girl, I'm just gonna go shh. Huh? I'm telling y'all, I will never lead you in the wrong direction. Ellison locks all the doors in the house and falls asleep on the couch. You know, his ass was scared. He couldn't do it. The next morning, he calls deputy so-and-so asking about the Stevensons and if they've ever complained about any strange happenings or if anyone noticed anything odd in the house besides the whole murder thing. First of all, the way he asked him, he knew what he was doing. He was trying to cover up the fact real bad that he was really going through that. He was just casually trying to play it off. It's not working. What is it? I can see right through you. It's like that thing. I forgot what happens. Like he was so fucking. Is it conceited or some shit? Um, arrogant. I, yeah, he was so arrogant in the way he asked questions. But when he was in there talking to him, homeboy was stressed. Very stressed. Like you can pick up on the body language. Like just easily. This motherfucker looked like he needed to go to sleep. He might need a bath. And he just trying to like play. It's like me trying to tell a story or just hard a surprise. That shit never works. Like I, I'm going to tell the whole story. I'm never going to tell you like half or a little short, little tidbit. And I can't hold a surprise. Like, you know what the fuck I want. And that's exactly what he looks like. And I'm just like, shame. You should just, just should have told the truth. Cause that's why I don't lie. Cause I can't, cause unless I just forget and then I'd be lying because I don't forgot what the fuck I don't say it. Deputy so-and-so tells him no and the math again starts mathing that Tracy don't even know that they living in this damn murder house. Deputy so-and-so tells him that he believes that he's just freaking out due to all the stress and secrets, but also wholeheartedly believes that the house may be haunted. Just, just a little bit. Um... Ellison, you need to pay deputy so-and-so for his time. That was a full therapy session. And you just got really good advice from someone who barely knows you. You need uh, to pay him. Deputy so-and-so hilarious. Of course I believe in it. I will never move into this goddamn house. That's that's funny. Okay. That's funny. Kicking the man while he No, when he was like, I don't want to be around for that conversation. I'm like, I do. <laughs> Actually. Then also, Ellison, why are you being so defensive over that alcohol? 
Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. Is it you? You hate. It's okay. We got a number for you. Later in the day, Tracy calls Ellison over because his daughter painted on the walls in the hallway, which, as I said earlier, is a no-no. The painting in question is of the missing Stephanie sitting on a little tire swing. First off, that didn't require that type of yell. Girl, the way you were screaming his name, I thought one of the kids was dying. Cause can't you just paint over that shit? Is that big that big of a deal? Yeah, I'm like, you I mean, just it was nice. It was actually very, it was a nice painting, actually. But um, to make matters worse, Ashley tells them the only reason she did it was because Stephanie didn't want it in her room, as that used to be her brother's room. And Tracy, she she's like, huh? Excuse me, she's kerfuffle. She's like, what you talking about? So then Ashley blows up the spot and is like, um, Stephanie, duh, she used to live here. This is her house. The same one daddy writing his story about. Hmm. Tracy said, no, that really was a boom moment. I just, uh, Tracy said, excuse me, at, go in your room. One thing Tracy gonna do is send them kids to their room, okay? Because it's gonna go down and it does. And Ellison is still trying to justify what he did. I'm like, it's, I should slap you right now. I'm sorry, that was funny. No, it happened in the backyard. <laughs> this, def I just, when I say him and Mika have to be related, they have to be related. Then he said it was on the market. Like he was really, I'm telling you, these are the men that y'all decide to marry. The two continue arguing with Ellison believing that the situation is really not as bad as it seems since they was broke and he just needs to write this one book to provide and create a legacy. Very disappointed. Tracy believes that, you know, he could do other things to provide for the family and points out that the marriage should be the meaning of his life and his kids are his legacy. And all they ask for is to live in a safe home without a tragic past and the town don't hate them. I feel like this went out of one ear and out the other, especially later on when Tracy finds him knocked out listening to his old interviews. I'm just like, girl, he ain't gonna ever change. Just go. This is your sign to go. That was it right there. But that's how you like heal yourself after our fight is you be like, fuck what you talking about. I'm finna go back to the glory days after I just talked about the glory days. Wasn't that glorious? You should be focused on me and your kids. We know, I'm going to my sister's house. No, see, what got her was what was playing when it was talking about um, the interview was asking him, like, did he want kids? And he was like, yeah, because you'd be like, is he going to look like me? Is she going to look like her? And then what is our marriage going to be like? She, girl, stand up. Okay, you falling for that shit. I'm saying this as a whole happily engaged woman. <laughs> First of all, I'll be talking hella shit, but not about me. It's never about me. Ma'am, I just want you to know I don't peep this whole time. You don't say jaws. She was like, not mine. Not mine. Not mine. Not, not, not mine. Not let's be very she clear. She was like, y'all's husbands. We not gonna put me in this. Y'all husbands, y'all boyfriend, whoever, these are the people y'all decide to marry, okay? Not you me. had that division in there clear as fuck, okay? Yeah, and he knows. He's aware, okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. That night, Ellison is being filmed 
And as the light goes off, he's awoken by the projector sound again and heads over to investigate. But where is the projector? He figures out where the sounds are coming from and that leads him to the attic. And uh, um, if I ever wake up in the middle of the night and the attic hatch is down and the ladder is down, why would you go up there? I need to see shit. Idiots. If one of my kids is up there, they just gonna have to figure that out. I'm mm. so you know what happens. He goes up there and he finds the ghost kids watching the films. And guess what? Bagul gives him a free little 3D show. Ellison falls from the ladder screaming and watches as the film reels and projector fall from the attic on their own. He grabs all of the stuff, heads outside to burn it all in the fire pit. To me, this is a good idea. I don't know how well it's going to do you, but I think this is a good idea. Also, how does family ain't wake up immediately after that? Because I know Tracy comes out to check on him in a little bit, but I feel like she would have been up before he got all this stuff and was able to start a fire. She should have woke the fuck up when his ass fell on them steps. you can't you can't not hear someone fall like that is a motherfucker thudding multiple times because he had to try to catch himself on them rails one two he hollered the fuck out when bagul wanted to tell him hey and ask him what the fuck he was doing in this room full of children like that's all the bitch should have been away four i don't even know if i'm on four but this is gonna be four how the fuck you ain't smell smoke I mean, he was outside. So. Yeah, I was like, he outside. But then she also, was- Brittany, I was thinking about where you live. So I was like, for you, maybe. But I don't think we would smell it. Yeah, we wouldn't smell it. Unless we had, like, the door or window open, then maybe we would. Oh, never mind. Ignore my country ass, because you can smell that shit. So, you know, as we said, Tracy gets with the program and comes outside to see what the hell Ellison is doing. And so at this point, he like, you know what? You're right. I made a mistake. We got to leave this house. Let me tell you something. If I've been asking you to do something and you finally get with the program, I'm not about to ask questions. Why did she stand there? What are you talking about? What's happened? Get the- <laughs> he scared the fuck out of that man. He said, fuck this book. Okay. Uh, we out. But no, no I had forgot to mention this earlier, but because I'm looking at my notes now. But when they was arguing, what else do you want from me? I was like, all right, Tyrese. Oh, wait, I want to point out I fucking love the music in this scene and the way this yeah, shit was shot. That shit was wonderful. Like, you knew shit was south, but going south, but you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah, like, These bitches going to make it out of the house. Because right. it's like at this point, they're leaving and that's what you want them to do. Like, you're like, yeah, like, get out because why else would you stay in that fucking house? Because that's crazy. We ain't about to be having home movie nights every night like this. They quickly get the fuck out and head back to their old mansion. But speeding down the road, the sheriff pulls them over and Ellison tells them, you know, I ain't finna be writing a book. The sheriff is satisfied, rips up that ticket, lets him off with a warning. And Tracy is a happy wife. But I did think it was nice of the sheriff to at least ask because he wanted to know if they was like being harassed or bullied or anything. Even though the sheriff felt the way he felt, he was still going to look out. So I guess that was nice of him. I guess. 
least tore up a ticket in my book because he still could have gave it to his ass. No, he was happy. He was like, no, I ain't going to fuck with you. But then that also shows that he was just willing. Well, no, because I guess she was speeding. So you got to get, he was speeding. Okay, never mind. He's speeding the fuck up out of there. Yeah. No, that man was, <laughs> was flying. He was yeah. getting the fuck on down. Yeah, I feel it. A few days later now at their old home, the family is getting resettled in when Ellison receives a call from deputy so-and-so, but ignores it and starts erasing his whiteboard on the case. He's really trying to forget about it all. I see you trying to make another 180. He Let's really saved this man number as deputy so-and-so. That's his name. Later on, he gets an email from Professor Jonas regarding the images of Bagul, the eater of children, and he decides to video call him. Professor Jonas tells him there aren't a lot of images or paintings since the early Christians destroyed almost all of them believing in Bagul, the eater of children, lived in the images, and that was actually the gateway to his realm. Some believe he could possess the viewer, or bring them into the images at will with the children being especially vulnerable. This causes Ellison to panic as he realizes like, I've been watching all these tapes and seeing all these images. And he thinking like, okay, well, if I burn it, is that going to close the gateway? And Professor Jonas is like, what you talking about Willis? And Ellison is like, if I burn, like writing wise, like if I burn it, I beat it, right? And Professor John is like, nigga, you ain't writing no book. This real life, ain't it? He ain't asking him that, but you know that's what he asking him. <laughs> <laughs> what type of book is you writing? Fiction or nonfiction? <laughs> Never mind. You, know go. you fucked up. Okay. <laughs> he hangs up with the professor and ignores another call from Deputy So and So and heads to the attic to put away the rest of his research. Forgive it. Reaching the attic, he's shocked to find the box of film reels completely intact and an envelope entitled Extended Cut Endings. Bitch. I don't know what to tell you. Because one thing about me, I love extended cut endings. Don't ever tell me there's a director's cut to something or something that adds some minutes. I'm going to watch it. But this? A mess. You, I'm going to say this in the kindest way possible, and I mean no disrespect. You might as well just, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. That's very mean. If I would have got home, not home, if I got to this damn attic, no, fuck it, we're going to go back home. I would have came home, my new house, and sitting on my table, a nice table where my TV is, there's a nice little fucking little drive or some shit, or there's a song on my Apple TV that tells me like extended clips now available for a couple movies I know that I returned. I'ma walk the fuck out the house. I'ma leave. I, I can't do this shit. My nerves ain't cut out for this shit. I got anxiety. No. You know what our friend does, just like he did earlier. Ellison goes ahead and matches and adds the extended cuts to the original reels while drinking a cup of coffee brought to him by Sweet Ashley. And while setting up the reel, he finally answers the call from Deputy So-and-So, who tells him he figured out the connection. Each family lived in the house where the previous murder took place and then moved to a new house where they were killed. The Martinez family from Barbecue 77 lived in the house where Pool Party 66 murders occurred and then moved to Sacramento where they were killed. 
The Deluzio family lived in the Martinez home before moving to Orange County in 86, where they were killed. And the Millers lived in the Deluzio home until 98, when they moved to St. Louis and they were killed and so on. So this means having just moved out the home where the Stevensons were murdered has just made Ellison and his family eligible for the next family to die. Ellison thanks him and hangs up. Because what else can you do? Because <laughs> what else can you do? <laughs> Go to sleep so that way you can die in your sleep. That's all you got. He proceeds to turn on and watch the extended cut clips, revealing that the killers in all the previous films were the missing children from each family. Now, let me tell you something. Now, I've been holding a lot of stuff in, and I'm about to start letting stuff out. Stephanie ain't shit, okay? Because here's the thing. If you go back with me to the opening scene, you can see Stephanie in the tree. It's just that if you don't know what the twist is yet, you're not going to look up there. But in the opening scene, you see Stephanie's ass in the tree holding the thing that cuts and triggers the tree to fall and hang the family. Then this little girl climbs her little ass out the tree. You know, like the climb trees? I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to do that this episode. Anyway, hops out the tree and then dangles on her daddy foot as he's hanging. Baby, that little girl was playing. And I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? All the other kids was okay, but she just literally had to have a little playtime. Okay, I'm not going to hold y'all. Barbecue boy that comes in front of the car. I liked his sign off. And then I also like pool time shorty. Jumping in the pool, that's a cold TikTok transition. Okay. Ellison is not in a good way and begins to sweat profusely. He sees a green liquid at the bottom as he falls to the ground, frothing at the mouth. Ashley appears telling him she prefers the longer cuts of the movies. And at that point, Ellison loses consciousness. You just fell right into it. Because that girl, first of all, it's smart because I love how they inserted the scene of her learning how to make his coffee the perfect way. But also, that's what he gets for slamming the door in her face at that other point. I feel like, yeah. Brittany, you brought that up early. Brittany, you brought that up earlier. I really do feel like she was just adding up all this stuff at this point. I'm proud of that baby. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. Regaining his consciousness, he's bounded and gagged. He's bounded and gagged along with Tracy and Trevor. Ashley comes into the room filming with an eight millimeter camera and an ax in hand. She tells them, don't worry, daddy. I'll make you famous again, and then murders the entire family. When we next see Ashley drawing the murder on the cover of the shoebox for the film reels, as the following ghost kids watch from the screen, completing her addition, Bagul, eater of children, appears behind Ashley, picking her up, green glowing hands, and carrying her into the playing film. We end in the attic, where it's shown that the film is called House Painting 12, with the freaking jump scare. I'm feeling like the jump scare didn't happen, but y'all. Please, because why did they do that? And this it was the studio, because the thing is a the thing about it is originally it was this shot is in reverse. So it was supposed to be the other way, you zooming into the box and seeing the new edition of House Painting 12 and fade to black. Why did we not keep that? 
because they can't keep shit the way it's supposed to be. But I want to bring up, I wonder what the, like, the innocent version of house painting was. Yeah, no, I want to know what that is, too. So, because it couldn't have been them moving in because we never, it's never at any other point. Well, I mean, but I guess he, but no, that was at night when he popped up. Yeah, and then all them times they heard footsteps. That was only Ellison, and again, that was at night. I'm trying to think because it couldn't have been when they was moving in. And honestly, at there isn't at any other point of them hanging out besides them moving in the the dinner. Maybe the dinner. It has to be them painting because everybody's doing the activity they're supposed to be doing before they go. You know, meet Glory. So damn, they Mm -hmm. gotta be painting. Mm. yeah I don't know because the only thing they did was move that's my gripe with this if they would have actually showed us the house painting like them is together and it would we wouldn't have known anything about it like oh they're just having a good time you know we wouldn't have seen the camera but we would have seen her because they're all the kids are in the film when they're doing that little shit and then this shit would have happened oh I would have been like go the fuck off you would have got my first hundred ever Oh. I kind of would have wished when we saw Tracy and Trevor in the distance, I wish they would have been chopped up already. Me too. That shit would have been fucking amazing. And I can see how, you know how the old school movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example, you don't really see the gore, but we think we saw those things. So this would have been like one of those situations because you already see Tracy and Trevor cut up. So you're going to be like, yeah, because we saw her cut his head off too, but you really didn't. That's how you like play those type of Jedi mind games. But I wish. But at a good old stepfather moment. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. And you know how I feel about the remake when they changed that opening scene and it's no blood. Like that yeah. first movie when he walked through the house like it wasn't nothing fucking wrong. And it was all them bodies and blood just laying there. That's exactly what I wanted from this. But also I do like um the part where we kind of get a POV of her walking through the hall and we see the house painting and Bagul symbol, it kind of gives you virtual reality. Like, I'm surprised they haven't put that on the VR, like the little headsets. If they have, and we just don't know about it, let us know, because I would definitely do that. And that was Sinister. Ratings. Sinister is ranked a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 63% positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.5 and 3.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. What do you guys think and rate Sinister? I would have to say I enjoy Sinister. It has a great rewatch value, but you got to let it kind of ebb off. You can't watch it quickly. You can't be like, I'm watching this shit every single night. You got to kind of remember, forget to remember bits and pieces so you can really enjoy the fucking film but the first time is a motherfucker for this one like you can never take away from the first time um so i would have to say i give this film a smooth ass like 83 yeah like that sits right with me i know i've been giving everybody a lower shit but this one it, it sits right with my soul to say 83 tickets go this movie was just okay to me like some things well none of it was ever scary for me maybe it's because I didn't set the atmosphere but um maybe if I had watched it in 2012 I might have felt differently than how I feel now um 
I didn't fall asleep. So that's a, a plus. Uh, I was distracted, though, watching it, but I didn't fall asleep. Um, I, I don't know. It's something about just watching him most of the movie. I just wasn't really feeling it. I love Ethan Hawke, though, but I just wasn't feeling it. Um, I'll give it a 50. Well, damn. Maybe you need to start. We need to start having <laughs> an asterisk whenever you watch films to tell you to set the scene on them. Like, we need to just go ahead and tell you beforehand, like, if this is a night movie or a watch whenever movie, because this is... Oh, shit. Because I feel like I this think... is... It's like... Yeah, it's like I do agree with what you mean, like because we did see it in 2012 and at the time horror was a certain way, but also because me and Brittany both admitted that the movie does have its flaws now that we're watching it under a different lens. But it's also just like, I know you. For our first watch, it was just like, okay. <laughs> but see, under, this, under the circumstances that you just told us in The Survivors, <laughs> we're all just like, Cause you didn't. It's like I get why you're giving it that. I can't argue. Yeah, with we're it. not normally, arguing. I'm not normally I would. Normally I would argue over it, but I can't because because if, if you had to say like seventy, I would have been like okay. I'd have been like all right, but uh, because yeah. fifty fifty like, but I get it. You didn't you didn't watch you it didn't at night. That. You you watched it while you, you didn't were even watch it like in the dusk. No, I was sitting in my office. The light was like, open. Yeah, but the light wasn't one in the office, though. It yeah, was you told office. us that. We remember. So I but the sun was out. This ain't a sun out movie. But so and my, I mean, it, my condo I mean, is on the back of the building. It's so not even. That's not even it. That's not even a thing. It ain't even about that. Janae was not focused. <laughs> you was. She working. was distracted. <laughs> she. We are all missing the key word. <laughs> she said she was distracted. I mean, and the other thing is, I do also feel, I do feel what she said by um having to follow Ethan Hawke throughout the entire movie, and I do get that, and we did get an answer for that, and I mean, that's the director's preference, they wanted to do that for that specific reason or whatever, but I, I feel that too, because I feel like we could have used maybe seeing more Like, use of, the kids. Like, yeah, more. like, because cause the thing the is, because the thing he is, and this might work out for you, the second movie plays more with that now at this mm -hmm. point i do want to say something to Brittany and to the people that have seen the movie and i'm going to try my best not to spoil it because if you've seen the sequel and you know what happened and you rewatch sinister and this is why i'm gonna like raise my ranking i'm gonna fight for this ranking. movie for a little bit yeah <laughs> just a little bit I i'm gonna fight with for what you're tickets. saying and you ain't even gotta tell me what the fuck you gonna say because we know yeah. here. okay we here. that's why i went up on it because it makes sense of why why old buddy was old buddying mm -hmm. like I, I get it i understand yeah. so i'm gonna say it for the survivors if you've seen the first movie and you know the second movie and you pay attention to the kids everything makes sense but they didn't even have to give us that much in this first movie. They just could have gave us like just a little bit more, maybe seeing some interactions between them in the house besides just them at the dinner table. Maybe like um, somebody said them at school or something like that. Or like, I would have loved to see maybe not the grocery scene or maybe like, you know, um, 
Tracy picking them up from school and then the car pickup line, she getting dirty stairs or from the teacher when they guiding the kids to the car. It's small exchanges like that. Like you ain't got to go into full detail to flesh those characters out, but just seeing different things like that and knowing what happens in the second part. That just, but regardless, it's still like Brittany said, makes it rewatchable. So with that being said for me, Man, it's the last episode in the park. We going out on a high note. I'm going to give this movie a smooth 92. See, that's what I'm talking about. And Nay, you wasn't slick. I heard you talk about the nanny. I heard your ass. I just didn't get a chance to bring it up, but you I mean, definitely said the nanny. Because she is. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> I said that. I said if you, and I, well, I didn't say that. I said I heard other people say, if you changed her to the nanny, what would have changed about the movie? And that's, that's absolutely right. Because you can still be boning the nanny. We've seen her so many times. Shout out to One Night Jill. But also, because I don't think I brought this up earlier. I have one more thing to say before we get into this souvenir shop. Can I tell y'all about the design of Bagul and how the person who created it low-key got ripped off. Do y'all know about this? So let me tell you something. Y'all see how Bagul looks, right? Okay. So um, when Scott Derrickson was looking for a design for, you know, Bagul, he went on Flickr. Y'all remember Flickr? Yeah. Yeah, he went on there. He was looking up some like like the um kiss inspo, like very dark creepypasta, slender man type. Finds this photo, finds the person who made the photo, pays them a couple hundred dollars. Y'all see how much this movie made. After they licensed and trademarked it for themselves. Yeah, but ain't that wild? Very wild. I'd be mad. I'd be so mad. I hope they like gave him a little something cut. That's after. why you be like, oh, buddy from the Lion King, and you get motherfucking royalties on top of that shit and don't let them do Okay, like so that. he he negotiated his stuff. His parents mm-hmm. were smart. They negotiated that. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. Don't let mm-hmm. these motherfuckers fuck you out of money. Be like, hey, go $200. We done. No, I want royalties, okay? On top of this shit. <laughs> okay. Forever. All right, y'all ready to go to the souvenir shop? Thanks for writing. Before you go, take a detour into the souvenir shop. Okay, so for the souvenir shop, I think we should have like a limited edition, like a a lime green thing you can add to the drink. And like the green stand out. You know, normally I, I would be for that, but that kind of sound like maybe we're going to have to talk to some people in legal. Just just throwing it out there. Just, maybe. Yeah. But it could be, like, like I said, like it's limited edition. This is the perfect season for it right now to do it, and then we could pull it right then and there. Or maybe if we have some extra left over and it's not expired yet, we can run it through Christmas because it's green. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Then we should have, we should sell the shoebox lid and it comes with a couple pencils and that way they can draw their adventure in the park. Like we visited this ride, we visited this ride, Mr. Boogie, we visited this ride, Charles Lee Ray, we visited this ride, Samara, I don't know, you know what I mean? 
It's cute. Yeah, that makes sense. Not Mr. Boogie. I mean, I mean, it's his idea, so we do have to put him in there. Then, um, you know, respect the creator, the original one that is. But yeah, you know. It's the last souvenir shop. Yes, yeah, the last souvenir shop for the season. Okay, well, I feel like I'm gonna leave us on a high note and just oh say, I want an eight millimeter camera. Not millimeter, whatever the fuck millimeter camera it is. That's all I want. That's it. That way, that way you can film all your debauchery, and then you can get it put on the big screen TV and just play little snippets so everybody can watch. Wanna okay. be fun? Not the rage carry too. I know, huh? right? And I want the CDs. I do want the CDs that way they can fly out at people and, and you know. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> See, keep playing. It pop up next season. <laughs> Y'all, Johnny's gonna be real pissed. Oh no, I love Rage. <laughs> Listen, I know a... you do. She's over me and everything, Carrie. Because <laughs> one thing about it, I'm bringing it up. Didn't we watch that for someone else's podcast? Mm -hmm. A Nightmare <laughs> on Phil Street. Yeah, I'll go listen to that episode. Because best believe when we do it, I'm going to be on a hundred from what I was that episode. But speaking of, speaking of, this is the last episode for the season, guys. But as you guys know, this is our road to final destination. So just a couple reminders. So y'all know we've been keeping this bitch afloat for season four. Season three was a little bit ghetto, but um, bitches made it. So you got to give us some credit somewhere because <laughs> was the road easy? It was not. Season three was ghetto. Okay. Ooh, child, the ghetto. The tour guides were too stunned to defend themselves. Okay, but Listen, anyway, I, we got a whole excuse. We don't had we don't had fucking moments. We don't had core memories. We don't had trauma. We've had joy. We've had all this shit this season. We had Listen. season budget cuts, man. <laughs> But that's why um, we're going to make sure we take a little break, take care of ourselves, and then get back to you. But the thing is, we made sure that we were actually going to take care of you. So you remember, throughout the season, there was a shit ton of handful. Mm -mm, a shit, what the hell? What's <laughs> shit this, ton of handful. Yeah, what's this? Oh, thanks. Yay. <laughs> okay, that's what I was like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But here's the thing, we want to make sure while we're taking care of ourselves, we're going to take care of y'all too, survivors. So let, let just hold our hands real quick. Let the tour guides guide you for one last time for season three. Remember throughout the season, there were like a shit ton of episodes y'all did not get that you were supposed to get. Um, we're going to let you guys choose your fate in what episodes you want to hear during the off season. So after Final Destination 3, after tops and bottoms, somewhere in between my birthday and Johnny's birthday. Maybe even hear, after that. Yeah, yeah, maybe even after that, just leading <laughs> up to season four. Because you're gonna just get random drops of episode because we have that many for you. So yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming for you, but we do got something really big coming for you for the final destination episode. Johnny's been working on some stuff. And um frying hard drives. Yeah. Losing shit. I want to cry. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's okay. But it's going to be worth it. And you're going to like it. So, survivors, um, I guess we'll see you when we arrive at the park next time for Final Destination 3. Hey. Roller coaster. Uh, Don't worry, what? Daddy. I'll make you famous. Wait. 
Girl. That was so last season. Right. I, fuck it, I'm late for everything, so why? <laughs> I'm never on time. <laughs> we know who's not going to be in the opening premonition. Right. What? <sighs> yeah, you're right. I actually don't want to be. I can be out this bitch. <laughs> Alive. Is it three with too. Alexis Johnson? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to have a time. A time they, we um, They, uh... No, you're going to pull a funny because remember the people who were meant to be there that weren't where they were supposed to be got got eventually. So, girl, you can run, you can hide, but in the end, death will arrive. Bye, survivors. Bye-bye. I can survive. We're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>